0: The uh-huh. I, again, I love um, just the, the opportunity to do that for our, our seniors every year. Um, it's one of my favorite services throughout the year, honestly, to to speak at. And I think it's probably just because of um, the timing. It feels like such a vital time, right, for these students to, to share um, uh, as they make big moves into adulthood and uh, breaking away from parents a little bit, moving out on their own, this opportunity really to make life, you know, what they, what they choose. And I want to, and I, that kind to ties in to our my next um, my next thought this morning. you know all of us choose different paths don 't we in life um, every year, some of these students go into trade, right some of them go into the military, some of them go um, um, away to university and what's what 's great about serving the Lord right and the beauty of it is is that wherever we go right? He goes with us. And, um, if, if we give that step, if we give that decision to the Lord and honor him in that, right, his name is, is honored and glorified. And, and so, you know, sometimes I run into, to, to young adults and maybe end up in, in a state of, of wandering, maybe, um, unsure of, of what specific path they should go down. And I, I remember there, I remember in, in certain ways being there myself, right? Um, sometimes young adults can get stuck, uh, unsure of, of what specifically they should do. And um, I, I, when I was at that point in my life um, making a certain decision, I'll, I'll never forget someone much smarter than me giving me the advice that, that Brandon, regardless of what you choose, um, God can be honored in that. And so it took the pressure right off of doing the specific the exact thing that I thought I was supposed to do and instead realizing that I needed to honor the Lord in whatever I did, right? Um, to be fair to students, getting stuck isn't something that just happens to them, right? Us adults can, can get there at sometimes too in different ways, different reasons. Um, and, and so um, for the adults here this morning, I want to talk a little bit about this. For the adults here this morning, can you think back to that time when it was um, your time to graduate from high school? Maybe many of you can't think back that far. Um, um, for some of you, I'm not even sure there were schools yet. But, um Listen, I ran that joke by Ruth. She said it was fine. Okay, I checked with her first. (laughs) But listen, but but seriously, think back to that time. All right, what would you have told yourself if you could give yourself, if you give yourself, seen yourself, advice? What would you have told yourself? What would you encourage students of um, now going through um, uh, through this season? Um, Think about that. You know, in our job um, serving here at a Living Word, one of the things that we get to, to sometimes do is, is sit and pray and, and support people um, at the end of life. And I've 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 got a, a, a connection here for you. I want you to I want you to catch. It's one of the most um, challenging things that that we do, but also equally rewarding things that we do um, is to pray with people at at the end of life. And the reason I bring that up is because it's what's, what's interesting is what you will what you don't hear them say, right? You will never hear someone at the end of life say things like "I wish I had more money," right? "I, I wish I'd spent more time working." I, "I wish I had better cars or a bigger house or more degrees," right? What is it that people at the end of life have to say? An an article written by a hospice nurse and caregiver, she listed some of the most common things that people um, said they had wished they had done differently at the end of life. Here's some of them. I wish for more time with my family. I wish I had said sorry or reconciled with that family member that I had conflict conflict with. Or I wish I had been a better father or mother, or husband, or wife. Many wish that they had served others more, or given more of their time, um, resources, and talents. Isn't it interesting, church, that at the end of life, our wishes seem to center around wanting better relationships, in some degree? Students, as you pursue this next season of life, what if the focus was more about a community of people around me, um, more so than the things that leave us empty anyways? Every year I stress um, what I think is imperative for college students and young adults in this season, and that is finding a strong community of believers uh, wherever you go, um, as well as dedicating yourself to staying engaged in that. Community. So, as we talk about the importance of relationships um, to the body of Christ, that is the the church, the church community. This this past weekend, um, I had an honor again of taking thirty plus teens and leaders to Youth Convention in Syracuse. Uh, we go every year. It's a great time for a lot of different reasons. Um, but one of the awesome organizations that presents there. Is um, this organization called Kai Alpha? And I, I don't know if you've ever heard of Kai Alpha. No, it's not a fraternity. It's it's a it's a Christian organization on college campuses around the nation, and they presented there at, at Syracuse. Uh, at convention, um, there's many other organizations like this um, crew, um, formerly known as Campus Crusade for Christ. Many of you probably aware of them. Um, others like InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, and, uh, and there are many others as well. They have presences on college campuses around the the nation and around the world. And um, parents, students, for those of you um, again graduating. Um, th- that we recognized this morning, you should have an email in your inbox. I sent you an email with a link uh, from one of these organizations called Every Student Sent. And Every Student Sent is a fantastic organization that helps match college students around the nation with one of these Christian communities on their campus. So every student sent takes the databases from all of these different organizations and chapters, groups them together, and matches students with one of these organizations on their campus. Isn't that cool? So it helps them right away before they ever step foot on that campus, they're already connected with a community of believers where they're going. It's so, so important. Um, And I just want to offer that resource. That anybody else here this morning maybe you 've got a niece or nephew grand, grandson or granddaughter or neighbor, somebody going um, to community uh, to a campus, um, reach out to me i 'd love to um, share that resource with you. Um, I think that 's so so important for our students um, going away, especially but being with like minded um, believers also on a journey to know Christ, um, it really has the potential to positively impact um, our students through that season. And how many of you realize though that new seasons aren 't just something that these students are going to face we all face those as adults, right These new phases, new chapters, something changes, and it's it 's new for us for the believer. these phases of life don 't have to derail us and so, as I prepared this morning, I, I really wanted to help by providing all of us some things that that um, with concepts from scripture that we can can use as we face these new seasons of life. In that, I reached out to different Christian leaders, some from our own church family here, and others, friends, family, mentors of mine, and shared some best advice that they might share with the student entering this new season. But these 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 concepts apply for us as well, all of us, as we face new seasons of life. Little did these leaders know they were just going to help me write my sermon this morning. Um, but here are five lessons for new seasons of life. Number one, learn what it means to abide in Christ and make abiding as natural as breathing or eating. That's good. From John fifteen four and eight says this, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Church, in all times of life, but especially in new seasons, you and I can attach ourselves to our source. We can find our source of strength and ultimate fulfillment in him. You know, I think it's common when there's this big change for us to grasp onto things that are constant, right? To grasp onto things that don't change. Um, in my previous years of life, I was, I worked for the online travel company Expedia in their finance department, and it was a joke among employees there that, that we could expect something to change almost daily. Anybody work at some place like that where it's just constant change? It's, it's difficult um, to keep up with at times. Um, in our, in our large office, we had about a thousand employees in this building, and they were constantly doing things like moving our cubicles around right um like moving entire teams of people to the other side of the building uh, uh, they would send out a new policy or procedure right and then the next week they would send out a new policy that invalidated everything they'd send out the week before you know what i'm talking about uh, in in that kind of changing environment you'd almost just get you almost get frustrated with the constant change right in order to condition us all to accept this constant change they all um asked us to read and by the way, expected us to enjoy reading this book called Who Moved My Cheese? Anybody heard of it? Anybody read it? Oh my gosh. If I heard one more thing from upper management about cheese, I was gonna chuck a cheese wheel at them, okay? I was so tired of hearing about this cheese. <laughs> but with so much change, um, again, we, we we grasp onto things that weren't going to change, that that were going to be constant and stable. Church, what Nothing else is going to be more stable in our life than the foundation that the Bible itself calls our cornerstone. Amen. Finding our stability, our rock in a changing world, um, it must be found in something stable. When you and I find our rest in him through this process that scripture calls abiding, our worry about the instability can fade moving on to number 2 this morning this is good i love this there will be victories and failures celebrate victories repent and learn from your failures you know king david is is a perfect picture of this right from the from the bible the highs of david's great victories in battle his ascent to the throne in israel it, it almost seemed tarnished at times right by by his well-known sin While he's known for slaying Goliath as a boy, beating back the Philistine army, he's also well known for his affair with Bathsheba, right, and the murder of her husband Uriah, all to cover the tracks of David's unfaithfulness. But David is known even yet as a man after God's own heart, not because he was without sin, but because when he did wrong, he came to God with a repentant heart, having a soft, pliable heart, allows us to live in humility. When we're willing to admit when we're wrong, humility then keeps us from pride and the downfall that can come with it. You know, it's been said about the the most recent generations that they've become increasingly narcissistic um, or full of themselves. And I actually, I wonder if it's something a little different. I wonder if many just are not sure how to have a realistic view of their weaknesses. Students your weaknesses aren't the primary thing about you, but yes, on the flip side, we've all got them. All right? We've all got them. Amen? We've all got them. The more accountable and the more open and the more transparent we can be about the things that we struggle with, the more I think we're able to trust in a God who is able to help us with those things. Amen? We can be open about the things that we struggle with. Um, and on... in on the flip side of that in conjunction with that, um, allow people you love and trust to speak into your life about those shortcomings. You know, um, this was something that was shared at youth convention this past week again, and, and something that I shared uh, with our youth group this past week after we came back from convention. And, um, it was such a good thing um, at convention for for someone a speaker there to encourage these students to let leaders and family and others that love and care for them challenge them in the things that might be weaknesses or might be um, um, wrong in their lives it was such it 's such good um, advice and i don 't know if the students thought it was great advice. I sure thought it was good advice, but we 've all got those things right and we when we And we let people close to us that can speak to those things, I believe, will be better people for it. Number three, next one, our lives often take paths we don't expect. We can navigate these unexpected detours when we keep our focus on Jesus. Anybody gone through something in life that was unexpected, right? We're we're all going to do, we're all going to be at that point at some point in our life. If you're walking with Christ and your life seems to be more challenging and a constant uphill battle, know that you are not alone, that Jesus will be closer to you during those times than you and I can imagine. I'll never forget um, an especially difficult time for Brittany and I, um, really about four years into our marriage. We were, we were living in the cornfields of Indiana. I was teaching uh, music at a school there. Brittany worked from home watching kids um, from a home daycare. Um, and we'd felt in that, we'd felt that life would be changing, right? We knew something was probably um, changing. It just didn't, we didn't feel settled. And um, we were presented with this opportunity to um, teach at a boarding school uh, in Germany, um, it was a boarding school primarily for missionaries, kids for, um, military brats and for other expats living abroad. Um, and it was just a really cool opportunity. And in that we were so sure that, that, that was what God wanted for us in this next season of life. We were so confident of that. I resigned my teaching position. We moved to Missouri and we began itinerating, raising funds as missionaries to go serve over, over in Germany. And, and then seemingly, just like that, everything changed. The door closed, and Germany was no longer an option. We had moved our family across the Midwest already, and that all changed. Apparently, God had something much bigger to teach us. You know, our marriage um, was in trouble, and we needed some healing but we were so church we were so narrowly focused on on that one thing that we thought god had for us his plan for us we we went through i know a lot of um disappointment when when we felt like what was a once in a lifetime opportunity faded away right we thought things like, man, was this all a mistake? Did we actually hear from God and so on? We we went through a lot of of difficulty with that. But it was during an especially difficult time for me of brokenness where I remember knowing and sensing the nearness of God in a way that I never had before. And in that moment, Psalm thirty-four, eighteen came came alive to me, was personal to me, where the author there writes, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Anybody ever been there? I was there. I heard on the radio this past week on this subject something impactful to me, and it said this. It said, you've probably never met a strong, faithful um, believer who has had an easy life. Think about that. You've probably never met a strong, faithful believer who's had an easy life. Though These unexpected moments for you and I as we walk through seasons of life, God uses it for his good, I think, to be near to us, to show us that relationship, the closeness of his spirit. For us, God had not abandoned us when Germany, um, the, the doors there closed. This huge shift in our lives didn't catch him by surprise. He And in fact, he probably knew what he was doing. Hindsight's always 20, 20 right? And, and it was that change in plans that led us not only to the healing we needed, but, but to another unexpected ministry opportunity that eventually led us here to New York. It was really only as we began the move here that we saw how God had orchestrated every step. And in that moment, just a huge, almost relief came over us. Like, okay, God, your hand was in all of it. Amen. In our seasons of unexpected detours, God has not abandoned you. God has plans for your life that you may not expect. Through all of that, we can keep our eyes focused on him. Amen. That leads us to number four. Be strong, courageous, and faithful in your prayer life, devotions, and worship. You know, the inward spiritual disciplines of the Christian life move us into closer relationship with our Creator. In his book, Celebration of Discipline, author Richard Foster discusses um, how these spiritual disciplines actually bring us closer to each other and ultimately to God. Meditation, prayer, fasting, and study offer an avenue of personal examination and change, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, real-life transformation. The corporate disciplines, then, of worship and celebration, along with others, serve to bring us closer to one another in Christ now, I'm I'm sorry to keep referencing conventions so much this past weekend, but there's so many positives to it for our students. You know, we um you all know we live in an incredibly diverse state. You know, places like New York City, there are ethnic, um I don't know if you know this, there are ethnic um churches in the city that serve primarily large ethnic populations. So within within our denomination Assemblies of God, there there are churches in New York City, for example, like a a Ghana. Assemblies of God Church that just serves Ghana immigrants and um, and many different ethnic um, populations like that. And so those churches come together, all the youth come together for those churches at youth convention. And our our students are worshiping around the altar. And if you looked across that altar, you see kids from all. All over the world, and it is an incredible, uh, credible picture. I believe of what heaven is going to look like someday as we worship Him together. Amen. And so these these kids look around and they're able to see this incredible um, mix of the body of Christ. Um, I, I I told our students I told our students there. I said, listen, I serve a a community right that's mostly smaller towns and and rural. I said. Um and I got to call out um Toby Rogers, you know, who I said I've got a kid from my youth group who's literally a pig farmer, you know, and they all just kind of all these kids from the city, they're like, do people still do that? You know, I think they were a little lost a little lost by that. But I love it. That shows the ride right, that shows the variety of of those following Christ. It's for everyone. Um Galatians, I encourage them of this of this from Galatians 3. So in Christ Jesus you were all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. Um, and students, uh, in spite of the things that make us different, in spite of the things in which our, even our own culture tries to divide us, when we are in Christ, we worship together, united in him. Among many things, the church, I believe, is is really a uniting force in our culture that, that exists almost nowhere else. So living out these spiritual disciplines like Corporate worship in every season of life, um, I, I believe, help us to see God move in us as we impact others with that hope. My fifth and final point this morning on how you and I walk through these new seasons of life, and I love this one. This is a quote. It begins with the idea of our thought life, our thought pattern. It says this, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. This is a, this is a, a common saying, again, you may see in business or leadership circles, but, but for the believer, I, I, I think we can go farther than that. This, this admonition, this quote we just read, it, it also reminds me of Paul's words in Philippians 4, 8, and 9, as Paul encourages believers to guard their thoughts. He says there, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So so not only does guarding your thought life help shape your eventual um, actions and, and, and destiny, as we saw from that first quote, Paul tells us in the context here of Philippians 4 that our thought life also helps guards us, um, guard us from um, anxiety and different things, if you read that chapter. I love this encouragement from God's word to guide what we think about I think sometimes we assume that thing, that those types of things may be uncontrollable, that we don't have a lot of control over them but but from these verses and others there's there there's encouragement that good comes when we set our thoughts on the Word of God and the truth found there i don't know I don't know about you all, but but the news lately doesn't provide much hope or joy. <laughs> I don't find much noble or pure or lovely around me sometimes when I look to those places. So so my question then for you is where do we go for those things in life? If we need, if we're looking for things that are true and noble and right and pure, where am I going to find those things? Church, these things are found in the message of the gospel, aren't they? The heart of the gospel is the love of God and the gift of his son, Jesus given for you and me on the cross in that gift. You and I find our purpose to now take what was given for us and share that hope with others. As the worship team comes to, to help us close, we're going to take communion here shortly. I want you to think about something with me as, as we close as we, as we talk about sharing that hope with others, think about how um, God intervened in your life. How did that happen? Where you came to knowledge and relationship with Jesus? How did that happen? Was it parents? Was it parents for you that, that brought you to church as a, as a child? For many of us, that was our story. If that's the case, then your parents were a part of that transformation in your life, right? Maybe it was friends that, were, that invited you to come. Maybe it was um, some other way that you found. Maybe you did an Internet search. Maybe you have, um, some other way. However, it brought you to a relationship with Jesus um, that God intervened through that avenue to, to pursue you. My life has been personally changed because God intervened in my own family story. I talked with my dad um, some this past week and just because uh, I've heard these stories before. But you know how you've heard stories from family over and over again, and you're like, do I have all the details right? I don't. Um, so he sat with me over the phone, and my grandfather now, who's passed away, um, he told me, my dad told me um, uh, a, a little bit more about our story. And I could bore you with redneck details I won't go into, um, but there is this tree Still standing on some of our family's land in in rural Missouri that's been in the family you know name for a hundred years or whatever, and um, my it was my great great grandfather I believe um, there was a cart being pulled by mules that uh, started to go down this hill and my great great grandfather was down at the bottom of the hill on the path of this cart, and this cart um wheel got caught on this tree. And so to this day, if you go to a Snavely family reunion in Norwood, Missouri, you will, you will, we go and take a a trip together out to this tree. And it's, it's really this beautiful moment of, of thanking God for what he did in our family and the legacy um, that was changed. My, my grandfather then, unfortunately they weren't serving the Lord when him and my grandma got married but they had a, a neighbor or friend invite them to a revival service in rural Kansas. And um, that day, my grandfather shared that he felt the Lord so strongly tugging on his heart that it was time. That it was time to give his life over and to stop pursuing whatever he was pursuing. The family was apparently big drinkers and it just a lot of things going on that God needed to clean up. And he did that day because my grandfather gave his life to the Lord and, and my grandma they did it together as we as we come to 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 god and willing to give him our lives others then are transformed because of what of because of that decision that we make amen for our students this next season of life is is center stage right now but for all of us as we face new phases new seasons remember that jesus goes with you Let's commit ourselves to walking with him and growing in that knowledge and understanding of who Jesus is as we share that with others. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much for, for being here this morning. We're going to move um, into communion and then the time of worship. Would you um, prepare your hearts together? Get out your your uh, bread in the cup there. Take your foil off. Try not to spill juice on your neighbor. God is good. God is good. I'm so thankful for the gift of the cross and everything that that meant for me, everything that that means for me, that that meant for my family, for my grandpa and grandma. Um, My life has changed because because of the cross. During Passover, Jesus was eating with his disciples. He took bread, gave thanks, and broke it and gave it to them saying, This is is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. In that same way, he took the cup, saying this cup is the new covenant of my blood, which is poured out for you. Let's drink the cup this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your gift for me. Thank you for your gift for every single one of us, Lord. As we submit our lives and our calling, our purpose to you, God, we just pray that you'd be with us. Be with us as we go, as we help um, honor you in whatever phase. Go be with these students in whatever phase, whatever season of life that they go to, that they would dedicate their paths to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Stay with me together as we close the worship.